Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how you doing? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate 54 wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. Yeah. Welcome to the second hour, everybody. Welcome aboard. You found the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about a lot of barbecue and grilling stuff weekly. We do it live. We'll do it live. Tuesdays from 9 to 11. So if you never do that and you're not doing anything next Tuesday between 9 and 11, hit up the website for your viewing and listening options and then take in the show live as it happens. While the show is happening live, I'm also recording. So you can subscribe to the show via podcast. We're nearing the end of the iTunes fiasco. If you are subscribed to the show, the fiasco doesn't really pertain to you, but if you're a new fan and you tripped over the live feed or on Facebook or YouTube and you're looking to subscribe to the show, use every other podcast platform except iTunes right now because you can't find the show on iTunes. You can get some random old tunes and shows from like April and beyond. But the show does not come up under podcast for you to subscribe to because HostGator is jamming me up and they are not supporting me. And eventually I will leave and go to Blueberry because I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'll do what I want. By the way, 43 is going to be 44 in a few short weeks. Hoping to get it ironed out here in the next three to four weeks maximum. But remember, I did the huge server switch two months ago, maybe less than that. Maybe it was three months ago. Around about the time I was getting these cool barbecue shirts and uh, retailing them out to the general public. But that something has happened between uh, then and now where you're not allowed to see the show. Not only are you not allowed to see it, you just can't subscribe to it. It comes up as not available in the Apple store. So we're getting that rectified. I am aware of it. In lieu of that, go to Stitcher or iHeart or download some third-party podcast app. You can do that on iTunes as well. If you didn't know and you're an Android fan, there's a brand new Google podcast app that's totally native. It feels and looks just like iTunes, although I'm sure iTunes does not allow you to get the Google podcast app for your iTunes or your iPhone, although I don't know about that for sure. Maybe somebody can alert me to that. I can look on my own Apple device, except it's upstairs. But you can download the podcast, the Google Podcast. It's called Google Podcast. Search for it. Get that app, and you're all set. It's going to be great. I've already done it. Uh, I'm telling you, Google's going to own the podcast market here very shortly. Mark my words. 
Again, still to come on this show in about 10 minutes from now, starting the Embedded Correspondence segment. So we're looking forward to that. Doug Scheiding, Steve Ray, David Huff, Texas, Tennessee, Oklahoma represented as usual. So look, I want to bring this up because, you know, certain things stick with me. For instance, the Hall of Fame, the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Guy Fieri being in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. People in England bringing in their charcoal grills into their homes, lighting them, and then letting them burn as a heat source, inevitably killing everybody in the house, or at least making them very sick from carbon monoxide poisoning. Well, I think I can add a new one to the list, and it's probably not going to come as a surprise. That's right. I said it is not going. Andrew, you are not the fire. It's not going to come as a surprise. It's what I'm now calling the food abomination of 2018. Let's start a hashtag right now. Hashtag cook my steak right. You know, I truly believe that the undercooking of your and my steak has now reached epidemic proportions. And I am now, once again, calling on the centralites to help build a movement against. So here's what I want you to do. It's going to sound crazy. John Dawson's idea last or two weeks ago, maybe. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense to me. And now I am disseminating the directives to the Centralite Army. I want you to arm yourselves with the instant read meat thermometers that I know you have. The Thermapens, the Taylors, the AmazingRib.com, the Stephen Reichlin instant reads, all that stuff. Check and calibrate in both freezing water and boiling water, remember, boiling water is 212, so make your adjustments from there. Once calibrated, go to a restaurant where you know you will order a steak. Now, I am not going to make a mandate that you race down to the nearest prime steakhouse in whatever town you live in. Luckily, here in Cleveland, I have any number of prime steakhouses to take advantage of, the likes of XO, Red, Morton's, Hyde Park, and the list goes on. Fleming's, Lola, Greenhouse Tavern. Can I think of any more? Not at the moment. Plenty. But take it to a restaurant. Now, if you have prime steakhouse access and you feel like doling out, please do it. But go to the restaurant. Take the thermometer with you. Order the steak however you want. Nay, I'm asking you, and some of you, it will be under protest, and I'm asking you with peace and love, order the steak medium temperature. Resist feeling dirty inside or getting casting looks from your uh, server. Again, please do this on behalf of me. Take that thermometer. Order the steak medium, and when the steak hits the table, produce the thermometer and temp it. Now, I can't sit here and tell you what medium temperature is right off the top of my head. It's probably in that 140 range, maybe 145. 
I think Chef Medium Rare is 135, so, uh, you know, probably 140, 145. Temp it. Extra credit points if you snap a picture of you temping the steak in the restaurant. And then we will start compiling a working list of restaurants that hit or miss. Kind of like the unofficial AmazingRibs.com pitmaster list of 2018. But instead of cookers and grills and smokers, this one is for steaks. Who's in? Who can I count on? Who will be the first one to hit up a steakhouse, independently owned, chain, top end, and or otherwise? Bring your thermometer, calibrated, order that steak, medium, with peace and love. And then as soon as that steak hits the table, temp it. Now, honestly, I'm really not overly concerned if that thing comes out a shade overdone because that's not what I'm looking to expose. I mean, certainly we can expose it as a miscooked, but you can send that back and they'll recook the whole steak. What I'm trying to confirm on the exposure is the intentional undercooking of the steak. Again, hashtag cook my steak right. And now we can start to compile a firm list, a confirmed list of joints that you have been to, that you have tamped, extra credit for those taking pictures, and I will start making a list right on the website. It's going to be great. Again, this is something that needs to be derailed immediately, the undercooking of steaks. There is technology out there that will fix it instantly. It's called a thermometer. We're bringing them into your restaurants and tapping your steaks for you. Let's get on it. Send me pics and reviews as they happen. I will start compiling a list. It's going to be great. Again, the embedded correspondence coming up here in just a few short minutes. I was just sent this. Hot dog water, the new coconut water. What? This from metafilter.com. Someone sold hot dog water for $28 at a festival. Literal bottles of water containing a single hot dog each were sold at the Car Free Day Festival in Vancouver. Vancouver? Get that big stuff out of here. But there's the not-so-fine print. It's all fake. As Global News reported, hot dog water is really a stunt by artist and tour operator Doug Bevins. How gullible people can be about unsubstantiated health claims. It's really sort of a commentary on product marketing and especially sort of health quackery product marketing, Doug told Global News. It even says as much in the hot dog water fine print, which reads, hot dog water is absurdity, hopes... Hot dog water in its absurdity hopes to encourage critical thinking related to product marketing and the significant role it can play in our purchasing choices. So wait a second. Are you telling me hot dog water is not the new coconut water? You are not. You've got to be kidding. Hook, line, and sinker, I fell for it. What I'm not falling for is Green Mountain Grills because I love them. I cook with them. I own two sizes, the Jim Bowie, the Big Dog, the Daniel Boone, the medium size. I do not have a Davy Crockett, but I will probably get one of those at some point. The Davy Crockett, by the way, when we were talking about portable cookers with Max Good, that's also on the 2018 list. So if you're looking for a great portable grill that you're not really sacrificing 
quantity versus quality. You want that pellet-driven cooker to take along with you. Davy Crockett's the one you're going to want to use. Plus, you don't have to worry about not having access to a traditional outlet in order to get it running. You can stick it right in the 12-volt outlet of your truck, van, SUV. Very easy. And again, great capacity for the portability purpose. Now, if you want something a little bit more substantial to put in your patio, backyard, what have you, the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie are the ones that you want to use. Jim Bowie can house many, many racks of ribs, at least two, maybe three full packers, six pork butts, depending if you pan or not. Davy Crockett, a little less than that because it is a little less in size. You can also get a bunch of really cool accessories from Green Mountain Grills, additional cooking racks. You can get the pellets because they also provide those, uh, rubs and sauces. Of course, my favorite accessory, especially if you own the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone, is the pizza insert. Rip out the guts of those cookers and then put this pizza insert to work. Thin crust, that's the way I like it. Two to three minutes, that pizza's ready to come out. In lieu of traditional dough, if you can get the large pitas at most of your local grocery store chains, those work out really well. You know, minute tops. Set that cooker at 350 degrees. That's about 700 degrees in the stone, and you're off and running. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Chasing Jason Baker for an interview here shortly as well. So stay tuned for future shows. Hashtag cook my steak right. We'll be talking about that in the next segment as well. Stick around. We'll be right back for the embedded correspondence. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe hey smoking with smithfield committed cooks may i have your attention Make sure you head to SmokingWithSmithfield.com and report your first place wins to claim your prizes. Have you registered to compete in the American Royal Pork Loin Ancillary category? Smithfield increased the prize purse to $6,000. Make sure you sign up the American Royal site today. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Smithfield Classic, which will be in Richmond, Virginia, a Commonwealth, September 29th. To sign up, reach out to Jesse at Big Pop Smokers. Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, at BigPopSmokers.com and tell her you are so excited to sign up for the Smithfield Classic. All right, it is the monthly get-together with my three favorite dudes. That sounds weird to say out loud. The embedded correspondent, Steve Ray, Doug Scheiding, and David Huff. Joining me right here on the show. Gentlemen, always appreciate the time here. Hold on a second. Everybody's promoting. Let me get the pictures up here. All right, so what do you got, David? This is a new flavor of Crown Royal Texas Mesquite. And uh, you can really taste the smoke. It's kind of nice. It uh, knocks out all the sweetness in mixed drinks. It's pretty good. And funny thing is, my buddies can't get it in Texas, Doug. you got to come to Oklahoma to get 
Crown Texas Mesquite. <laughs> uh, Doug, let me ask you. Or I'm sorry, uh, Dave. Let me ask you a quick question. Uh, can you place that wood as mesquite, or does it really just have a uh, overall woody profile? You can actually taste it as mesquite. To me, mesquite has that pretty pungent flavor, yep. Yep. Um, different than hickory. You can actually taste it in there. There's a recipe on the back for a mesquite mule, uh, ginger beer, Texas whiskey, mesquite whiskey, and uh, lemon. It's it's pretty good. Uh, Steve, what were you showing? My thermal pen. Oh, look at you! Like it? I, I'm I'm ready. You know. It's- and I are Jay Alexander fans. We've got one here in Chattanooga. Publicly traded company, $11 a share, 43 units. And next week, we're going to thermopan the prime rib just for you. All right. Well, I mean, you, now I know you're a high-level cook, Steve. So, you know, I don't really question your authority on doneness, but... Uh, you know, we'll get into the, the temping here in a little bit if, uh, if time allows. So here's what happens. Uh, we do this embedded correspondence segment once a month. The panel derives some uh, takes and uh, opinions about certain things, and we go around the panel and give our own opinions after the first opinion is laid down. So uh, we will go back to Ulawa, Tennessee, and talk to Steve Ray, who uh, was part of a, a very – uh, from what I understand, a successful weekend with your, uh, was it the barbecue brawl or barbecue battle that you had out there? The Udawa barbecue brawl, our second one. Uh, it was a scheduled five-hour event. Unfortunately, the 70-mile-an-hour winds that hit us <laughs> at 2 o'clock cut it to three hours. Uh, there was not a pop-up survivor. I, I swear to God, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Wow, mass casualties. It was incredible. I mean, it just came out of nowhere, and it was like the hand of God just went, whoa, no more. It's and called I, the daily was, oh. forecast in Oklahoma, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we just had our, we've had our fifth day in a row of afternoon storms. We had one Saturday at the at, in Ottawa. Sundays was worse. Hmm. And then we had one yesterday, oh. and today one just rolled through. So it's, it's, it's been just, it's just crazy. All right, just Steve. Absolutely. There's nothing we can do about the weather, but we can talk barbecue and grilling here once a month with you guys. So uh, what do you have on your mind? Hey, I have been following the National Barbecue League since they announced that they were going to form this tournament inside of the KCBS Team of the Year race. Yeah. And, and, I don't, and I don't know if any of you guys have been following it, but I tell you what, they have done just a fantastic job of keeping people up to date of where they are, posting videos of how to trim a brisket, trim a pork butt, uh, season and uh, control your meat. And they put out a video just this week called Barbecue Life, Episode 1. And if if anybody out there is not a competition cook and you want to see how the – these guys are upper echelon. If you want to see how the upper echelon barbecue cooks in this country do it, watch that video. It is professionally done. There's nothing. There's it's not real hokey. There's a couple of drinking scenes, you know, when everybody gets together and toast that, and that's you know, that's I can do without that. But these guys, <laughs> it's just a great. They just do a great job. And I'm gonna just say this: uh, the standings up up till right now. 
our Clark Crew Barbecue is in first place. And I, that's weird, and I'm going to tell you that. And I'm going to tell you the reason that's weird in just a moment. Uh, getting Basted second. Shake and Bake is third. Slaps Barbecue, Joe Pierce, my favorites, is fourth. Iowa Smokey D's fifth. Sixth, Lucky Q. <laughs> Dirt Road, seventh. Fergalicious, eighth. Porky Butts, ninth. And Old Virginia Smoke, tenth. And if you're wondering, Doug, and I can, I can see it in your face, five teams are in the top ten of the KCBS Team of the Year. Seven of the teams are in the KCBS Team of the Year in the top 20. Now, in, and Greg, last week you spoke of our good friend David Bosca, yep. who got his seventh GC. Right. He's, he's automatic to the jack. Clark Crew Barbecue got his seventh GC at the last – uh, National Barbecue League contest, fourth year in a row. Fourth year in a row. He's going to the Jack with seven GCs under his belt for the automatic beard, mm. for the automatic uh, draw rather. Uh, Tim Steers done a video on that on the Facebook page. Had a trim of competition pork. Travis Clark did a brisket trim. Joe Pierce did a brisket trim that is just incredible. If you're trying to get if you're like me, you struggle with burn ends. Watch Joe Pierce's video about burn ends. He makes it so simple. Uh, Justin McGon did a biscuit, a brisket wrap recipe. What he puts in his brisket when he uh, when he uh, gets ready to put it back on the uh, smoker when he wraps it. Uh, these are and there are, are chicken recipes, rib recipes. These are secrets that I know I have paid over $1,500 since I started my barbecue journey five years ago to go to schools and see this. They are putting it on Facebook for absolutely free, and, and you can go to it. And, and, I, and I just want to say that it is so interesting what these guys have done. I think myself that it is a, a start to something that's going to get bigger as if, if they can keep the momentum going, if they keep their interest in it, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and right before I go to you, Doug, just a second, I want to say congratulations to Jeff and Cindy Thompson right up the road in um, near Oak Ridge in Kingston, Tennessee. They got their first GC after cooking for five years, and it was almost a year to the date that they got it at the Blount County Bash in Maryville, Tennessee. That was the first KCBS professional contest that uh, Jeff and Cindy cooked. And uh, last weekend, they got the GC almost five years today. Isn't that weird? I think that's pretty cool. That's nice. And, Congratulations. And, and I want to congratulate in our contest, Uloa Barbecue Brawl. We had Lamar Young was the uh, People's Choice Champion, and Sean Cosby was the Judges Ribs Championship. So... I'm going to tell you something, folks. Nice. You know, we don't talk about it that much. Competition barbecue is alive and well at all kinds of level. And I encourage you to go out and find it. And, of course, you know who's leading the KCBS Team of the Year race is Boomerang Barbecue from – at your cue, Doug – from – Lubbock, Texas. There you go. How, how interesting is that? <laughs> um, I will – all right, so Steve says that uh, competition barbecue is alive and well. 
Uh, I'm going to disagree with that, but we'll go to David Huff. Uh, do you agree? And uh, what do you think about the uh, the National Barbecue League? Uh, Steve is obviously uh, a, a big fan. Uh, did a lot of reporting there on the uh, goings on, free videos, you know, all that stuff. Uh, uh, what's your take on the National Barbecue League and uh, how they're fitting into competition barbecue? I like free videos on an embedded correspondent salary. Free videos is just awesome. So I can afford that. Are you kidding me? Uh, (laughs) You think I'm going to pay for this content? (laughs) Go ahead. I I also like Steve's patriotic shirt. Way to go. Getting ready for the 4th of July. Um, You know, I saw the video, Steve, that you sent. I got to disagree. I actually liked the part where they were taking the drink in the morning. And I think it just shows the camaraderie of... The competition barbecue. I like that it wasn't all serious all the time. I especially like the guy where he was standing over there saying, you know, kind of helps if you keep the vents open if you don't want your fire to go out. I thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was priceless. So that was funny. Uh, um, a very well done video. Um, I really liked how it showed the turn in boxes. It, it showed a lot of things that people go through. That you're right. If you've never participated in competition barbecue never been to an event or don't know somebody, you have no idea what they go through, the timing, the boxes, the preparation. And these guys aren't just throwing some chicken in the box. They're, they're sampling pieces. They're looking for the perfect shape. They're looking for the color. I mean, and that's just one category. So I think it would really be great for the general public to see that, to open up the eyes of what these cooks go through. As far as competition barbecue being alive and well, I kind of am on Greg's side. I've heard so many people continue to complain about the prize money not being worth it, the sponsorships and some teams getting an unfair advantage, um, not to go back to the same cliche we've been talking about, but the NASCAR uh, attitude around competition barbecue, I think people are becoming disenfranchised with it a little bit and wanting to just, you know, I don't think as many people are migrating that way as it would have been, say, four, five, six years ago. Uh, let's go to Doug Shiding here. Uh, your take on, uh, in, in no particular order, the state of competition barbecue, because obviously you're a uh, renowned world champion pitmaster. Uh, but also uh, the National Barbecue League itself, and if you think it's generating good stuff or if you're indifferent or what yeah i'll uh, i'll answer the the in uh national barbecue league first um truthfully i hadn't even thought about it in months or weeks it's it's been a long time until steve brought it up and probably maybe it was the last time i went out and watched a few videos the videos are very, very neat they're cool um my take on it from the from the get-go is that this is made for tv they need to hire John Marcus or somebody like that because this will be much more interesting than even the first season of Pitmasters where they followed a few people around because these people are actually going to win. You know, if they're in the top five of the top 10, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they're actually going to get their numbers called instead of finishing 48th and 57th and, you know, like it, like it was on TV. So this this seems like it would be a perfect venue to have a TV type thing. Doug, so let, me, let me interrupt you just for one second. Yeah. Yes, sir. But how are the personalities? See, I will maintain that even though Harry Sue and Gary Notley and uh, the the uh, what's her name Leanne Whippen, I mean, throw anybody you want in there if they're finishing at the bottom of the pack. If they have compelling story, I don't think anybody gives a crap about 
uh, deadliest catch that they're catching fish. I mean, it's kind of exciting. You see the waves crash over. There's an element of death that uh, you know people love to watch. But they're watching the interactions between crew members and uh, between the skipper and the least experienced person on the ship. And I would maintain that in season one, if it stayed together, you would be more invested in the relationships that they have and what's happening at home and uh, you know all this other stuff that people really want to know about and can invest in versus are they winning or not if they win hey great you know extra bonus this show but if not you know let's see if you know Johnny and and uh, Trixie are going to fight on the way home I don't mean any jo- I'm using Johnny as a general yeah. name peace and love sure you are um but, but uh <laughs> you know I think that's what people want to see so uh you know sorry to to barge in there but what do you what do you think about that well no, I thought the the video you know what it was a 17 minute video throw a few commercials in there and it's a 30 minute show mm-hmm. and I think it easily could have been a show and so I, I, I just think it's made for TV because I, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think you know I, I actually hated that about the 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 original Barbecue Pitmasters is that oh they sucked this weekend and no one really even finished in the top ten. So I want to see them do well, and it'll actually probably increase the interest in in barbecue because uh, competitions. Because I agree, I think barbecue competitions are starting to get uh, to decrease in at least in texas and that's another thing with the national barbecue league it's not even it's not publicized down here there's no texas teams there's really no texas events so why do we pay too much attention to it it's all kcbs 24 7 365 so having said that in texas i would say that the uh, the number of teams cooking has decreased. Obviously, we don't cook in the summer, or at least most of us don't, except Fred, who's chasing the you know the seven yeah. like Dave and yeah. and others. But uh, he's he's at five right now, so he's chasing the seven so he could qualify again. So um, I, I think competition barbecue is um, a little bit at a crossroads. More and more, you see a lot of people selling their big rigs. I mean, are y'all seeing this that, you know, there's a lot of big rigs for sale and people are downsizing and and things like that. I don't know if it's money. I don't know if it's uh, they want to control things more. Um, And truthfully, I'm seeing a lot more pellet cookers in Texas. (laughs) Yep, for sure. I I, I think I've seen a lot of rigs for sale. A lot of them on the the highway. I, I mean, they're still too expensive for me to afford, but a lot of rigs for sale. Just real quickly, I was going to say that video. It had the feel of the documentary HBO does, the Hard Knocks training camp. That, that I don't know if you guys have seen that, but that video had yeah. the feel of that, where it was just going around and seeing a little piece of different people's lives um, in the barbecue competition circuit. I thought it was really well done. You know, real quickly, uh, I think John, John Marcus even said on your show, Greg, that the problem with uh, season one of Barbecue Pitmasters was that there was no winner, and people, when they when they talked to them about it, they didn't, they didn't understand it because they didn't win every week, yeah. and that's why they had to change the format to go to a winning. You had to have a winner, and that's why it morphed into what it did. I think this, like Doug said, that these guys do win, and it showed that at the end at the awards ceremony, it showed them winning the uh, tournament and or coming in you know, in top ten showing that, hey, these guys are good, and they do take home the money and the trophies. Uh, I'm I'm going to be a little contrarian here. I think that uh, the popularity of competition barbecue is down. If you look especially at the KCBS, you can see there's been uh, a lot of contrition as it relates to overall contests. 
Uh, I believe they would try and spin it and say that internationally it's growing. That's fine, but who cares about international people? This is America, goddammit, and this is what we're focused on. And also, I think you would uh, find if you took a poll of competitors right now, if they had money to spend, they might choose to spend it in different ways where three and four and five years ago, they would be pooling all of their cash to go and do as many barbecue contests as they could possibly fit into a calendar year as it makes sense to their budget. But I agree with David. The payouts are continuing to be about the same. Certainly, there's some other ones that have been introduced. World Food Championships, a little bit different. I think there's some hmm. uh, um, uh, Ronnie Cates events that are still up there. There's a small smattering of ones that are fifty and seventy-five and a hundred thousand dollars, but not enough on the regular basis to sit there and continue to attract people. They're going to be spending twelve and thirteen and fourteen hundred dollars to maybe get back three or four hundred dollars. I mean, what kind of business model is that? It sucks, and I get it. This is your uh, hobby. So I think maybe that's where a delineator needs to be made. It's a hobby. Don't get in it to make money. Don't get in it to be famous. Just do it because you like it and you're going to spend this money instead on barbecue because you're not going to be doing it to fish because I'm sure a lot of people that are really into fishing spend a lot of money on poles and lures and stupid vests. The other thing that I don't get is I'm not sure where the National Barbecue League is going. Like, it's not really the top 10 cooks in KCBS. It's the first 10 that said yes. So if you look back through the ranks of last year and find out where those kids are. Now, did they finish high? Certainly. Um, do I agree with Doug that if you put this on television, these guys would have a great chance of winning on a television show? Certainly. But as you said, Steve, uh, wouldn't it make sense that the top, 10 in this National Barbecue League should also be in the top 10 of KCBS if these are your premier cookers. They should be, they should have a greater percentage in the top 10 than they do. Like maybe 90% of them should be in it. But I just don't, I just don't understand what they're doing. Like, I almost want to say, are they trying to separate themselves from everybody? Because I think there is a feeling from other teams. That you know, I don't, they I don't think, think they're trying to separate. My turn to talk. My to. turn to talk, Steve. Um, oh. I think that they're trying to, maybe indirectly, but I think other teams feel like they might be feel separated. And to be to live in my constant contradiction, I think I heard one of those teams say, "You know, it's tough being in the NBBQL because I have to cook against these other guys all the time." No names, please, but I know that happened. So I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too, but. I want to get behind it, but I just don't think it's marketed really well. I'm not sure what the end game is, and I like I want to. I guess I want to know what what the the overall idea here. I mean, what are you growing? An elite group? Is it not an elite group? Is it an inclusive group? Are they the best group? We're making really good videos. Like what what are we doing here? I mean, why would you give away all that great knowledge for free when you could be charging for it, and making money? And oh, by the way, I know they I know they have sponsors. Do they ever mention any sponsors? I don't think so. Not a lot. And I know some people that pay a decent amount of money who aren't getting a lot of mentions. People bust my balls all the time about being over-sponsored or that all I do is, you know, it's it's uh, 118 minutes of ad reads and two minutes of show. So Is it uh, about know, time for a break? Yes, we're going to have to take that here in just a second. But that's the only thing. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm coming down on MBBQL, but I just don't get the direction or what the what the general idea is here. Sounds like you should have them on for a segment, Greg. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've asked. Steve, do you have any uh, objectatory thoughts on that? Do you want to rebut? 
Well, I, I think that they are. What they're trying to do is is they're they're competing against each other, and they think they're the top, and they and they are the top. I mean, these all these guys are good. Sure. Uh, as far as their sponsorships, uh, you know, they had the shirts on. If you watch the video, you saw Porky Butt's shirt. You you saw the you saw the names of the sponsors there. You know, just because you don't mention the sponsor doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah. I, I think what they're doing is they're 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 directing a they're directing their energy to an audience to to pay attention to competition barbecue and and we are the best. I think they got they've got ten great teams. Are there some that deserve to be in there? Right. Joe Pierce said he got in there because somebody said no. And he was thrilled to death just to be there. And right now he's sitting in one, two, three, fourth place. So here's a here's a wild card and he's sitting in fourth place. I think that's exciting. It excites me mm-hmm. because I'm excited about barbecue. If you if you take the time to follow it, it's not going to reach out of the internet and grab you and pull you in. You've got to go find it, and you've got to follow it if you are interested in competition barbecue, like I am at all levels, at the high level, at the medium level, like I compete at, and at the local level, like the events that I put on, where they're not they're not professional. Most of them are backyard right. cooks and restaurant owners, and but they still compete. And people come out to watch them. And the last thing they always ask me is, who won? They are interested in in it, Greg. They want to know who won. And people are always interested in who won. And these guys are providing that avenue. All right, so that's the first round of takes here. We're uh, doing the embedded correspondence segment. And now, as everybody would like to bash me, I will step away and do... Just a brief bit of business here, and I will vocally mention my sponsors. Not wear a stupid shirt and hope that everybody can see it. Hey, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com for all your barbecue needs. That's right, Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies while you get on the path to better barbecue. And that'll happen in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, they have popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards. Big Papa's offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors to transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. If you're looking to improve the competition barbecue recipes, you know they've partnered up with Simply Marvelous Barbecue. That's known as the West Coast offense. you got to check it out today. Now, Big Papa Smokers is also the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor will remind you why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated sauces at BigPopSmokers.com. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa's also offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood-fired cookers on the market today. Want a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smoker is the exclusive Mac dealer and even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker uh, that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard hack like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? You really can't go wrong with any grills featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook. 
It's clear that Big Papa Smokers is the place to go for all things barbecue. If you have any questions, call them toll-free, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. The Embedded Correspondence segment continues right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, back at it with the Embedded Correspondence. Just got done with Steve Ray's take, and uh, we went long on that one, but we're obviously hotly debated. Definitely not mediocre content here this evening, at least in the first segment. I would say above average at best. All right, Doug, well, let's go ahead and race here, neck of the woods, and hear what you're ready to talk about. Okay, uh, you you mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago about reading books, and uh, yeah, I don't like to read books. It's because of my attention span, but uh, the one thing I do uh, read now is barbecue books. Uh, I used to be wine books. I was on the Wine Society of Board of Directors and all that stuff, but so now my obsession is barbecue books, while uh, from, from the standpoint of Steve watching videos and the NBA, you know, the National Barbecue League and stuff. I'd rather read a, a good book on barbecue and try to learn learn some good things uh, so that I can can uh, use them in my competition. So when I was in uh, Cabo a couple of weeks ago, read three books. Oh. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm the guy by the pool reading books. And uh, that's, to me, very relaxing. But anyway, so I... Uh, I uh, haven't read the Crowd Cow book. I know that you had that and Tuffy's new book. And uh, I want to read one of Adrian Miller's books, uh, too. But um, my top five books uh, that I'd like to unveil, The Texas Barbecue Legends and Cookbook by Rob Walsh. Hold Has on. anyone heard of this? Yep. Never. Never heard of this? Never heard of it. Put it Texas on the screen so everybody barbecue? can see it. Yep. There you go. Legends of Texas Barbecue Cookbook. Hmm. Yes, it's great. It actually talks about uh, a lot of the how the history of Texas barbecue, and you learn about you know LBJ and his pitmaster was a uh, 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 Walter Jesson, I think, and he you know he loved to cook in the ground, cooked for twelve thousand people, you know, kind of some of the things that Adrian Miller was talking about. So this is fantastic. So I you know being from Texas, I thought that was actually a a really good one, and and so I read that, and it talks about a lot of the historical. Um, uh, Southside Market, uh-huh. uh, Greg, that you might be interested in, yep. in blacks and things like that. So it it goes into a lot of the history of of uh, you know the uh, the slaves coming in and the different types of Texas barbecue because there are four types of Texas barbecue, not just the Central Texas, which gets popularized. So, all right, number four, Adam Perry Lang. I, mm. Greg, I think you mentioned Adam Perry Lang. Yep. Um, and, and I think he was in the, one of the, the best moments of barbecue from John. Yep. And, uh, this is one, uh, you know, I read this probably a couple years into my barbecue career and this has a lot of, um, I'd say complicated type recipes and probably my favorite barbecue sauce recipe is from Adam Perry Lang, Mm. who's, uh, formerly from, from West Texas and now in, now in New York. So, uh, um, he's in LA actually. Oh, is he? Yeah. Uh, I thought he. I thought he had a restaurant in New York. So, okay. America's best barbecue. Wait, I hold, like this. Be- hold on yeah. a second, Doug. Did you not know that Adam Perry Lang opened a restaurant in L.A. called APL? 
Adam Perry Lang with the whole age meat thing and this whole thing that he's been showing you on heard, Instagram for like I for the last six that, months. But I thought his original restaurant was in New York. Oh yeah, like uh, Daisy Mays or whatever. It was. Yes, Daisy. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. And he he came to some uh, meat stock here in San Antonio, and I think he was associated with uh, uh, a bourbon, a uh, Dickel. Uh, he was in there in their booth and everything. Hmm. So, but um, yeah, then this one, actually I met Barty Davis and uh, have you seen this one? The America's uh, best, you know, barbecue. And it talks about different, different res- restaurants and barbecue joints around. So I actually read this early on in my, in my uh, barbecue career. And it, it kind of introduced me to different types of barbecue from around the U S and et cetera. And so actually the bean recipe which uh, which I used initially and and won uh, several uh, awards with oh. is actually from here from Black's Barbecue. Does he uh, talk about how he got his nickname Remus Powers in that book? <laughs> no, I don't think that was in there. So do you not know that? <laughs> do you know that's no, his nickname, that. Remus Powers? When he puts on that derby hat, he's a Remus oh, okay. Powers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I met him at the Jack, and I was like, "Man, his name seems familiar, et cetera." And then all of a sudden, when I came back home, I'm like, "Oh, you dummy! He's you've read one of his books." So, my uh, my sec my second favorite book, Duck. Franklin Barbecue. Yeah. So yeah, this one is really good. I mean, the the notoriety that Franklin has, and and it really kind of talks about his modest beginnings, and you know, starting out, and you know, he when he. Uh, when he went into uh, the grocery store and had five briskets and stuff, and it was pushing around like he's some you know badass or something, and and really proud of himself. So it it's really an interesting book, just from a technology standpoint, building pits and fires and the different types of woods, and and uh, so this is actually a really really good one. Mm. Number one, of course, we all know is Fifty Shades of Chicken, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> just, just. I bet there's a lot of whipping going on in there. Exactly. Is that a picture book, Greg? Lots of pictures. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. 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 There's a little bit of. You see the twine and the tying nice. and everything. Is there a spatch cocking going on in there? Uh oh. <laughs> We're getting out of control. The, of course, Meathead's book. Right. So you know, I'm I'm the guy that you know. You can see that I go in and highlight things. And, wow. And uh, so I've I've told him I'm going to send him a few comments, whether he wants it or not. But um, I do give uh, Meathead's book out at all my uh, my Traeger classes as uh, really? as the top grand prize for the for the day. Very so, nice. but uh, that is that is unbelievable book. And if someone is at ten percent, they can get to 80 percent just by reading Meathead's book. All right, let's go ahead and race around the panel here. As far as books are concerned, we'll go to Ottawa, Tennessee, and talk to Steve Ray. Uh, Steve, do you have any favorite barbecue books? Uh, Aaron Franklin's is probably number one. Uh, like Doug said, he, he really talks about his humble beginnings. He talks about uh, not being able to – apparently, Doug, he was, they were poor. I mean, I'm talking – Yeah. I'm talking, his wife were – I mean, almost living in the car poor. And uh, how his his journey led him to learning how to cook brisket, and he bought that old trailer, and it sat in his driveway for you know months and months and months before he could work on it. really interesting stuff. I've got Meathead's book; it's 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 great. Uh, Tuffy Stones, I've got his book now, Cool Smoke. Uh, he, he has a lot of good um, uh, a lot of good uh, background things in it. Uh, Myron, I've got Myron's book. He talks about. Um, when he was a kid, especially when he was talking about 
making the pits for whole hogs. Uh, I've got Chris Lilly's book. He talks about you know his journey from being a uh, a Vanderbilt student in finance to uh, meeting his wife and ending up in uh, Decatur, Alabama. Um, I wish I saw an interview one time. I wish Duffy Stone would write a book about Myron Mixon, or wish they would com- compare notes and write a book together because Tuffy talked about Myron having to cook for a living that uh, if he didn't win, he wouldn't make the uh, house payment. And I always thought that would, should be in a book somewhere, Doug and David and Greg. And maybe if, if they're listening, if they get a, a glimpse of this or something, they may collaborate because I think that would be a great book if those two got together, taking it from, of course, from the books that I have to suggestions of books. Um, before Tuffy writes that book, he should get a better cell phone connection. That's what I think. Uh, David Huff, your thoughts on books? I mean, I've been reading since about 11th grade here, um, and I don't know. (laughs) It's an an elective. You're from Oklahoma. We're proud of you for reading. Here we go. Watch out. So um, I'm not not big on, on my generation, probably a little bit more on the Internet. I go on the Internet and get a lot of recipes and read a lot of stories. I don't have a lot of books, although I will say, the very first book that kind of started me in uh, in barbecue and cooking was Bobby Flay, oh, actually, uh, Boy Meets Grill. Love it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I made a recipe out of there of a saffron, yellow pepper saffron sauce. There you go, uh, on a cedar plank salmon. I made that for my wife, and uh, you know that was the very first date, and I must have done something right because it worked out. So. Uh, I, I like that book. I also have, Greg, from your show, you had these gentlemen on, Andy Husbands yep. and Chris Hart, Pitmaster. Uh, after I heard that on your show, I went out and bought that book. Um, really entertaining. I love how they start off with Backyard Barbecue. There you go. Yep. Cover's you great. Go. That's a great-looking beef rib. Um, they start off with Backyard Barbecue. They go through the different regions of barbecue and then finish up with a section on competition I just really like the flow of that book as well. So other than that, like I said, I do a lot of looking on on websites and getting information. Um, don't really prefer to read. I, I prefer to, to listen. Uh, this is my favorite uh, barbecue and grilling book right here. <laughs> Hardcore Carnivore right there. Got to love it. Um, actually, yeah, was that, that was, just, boy. That was the, the first Cute. book that was on top of my... Uh, list there so or on top of my book pile i can't believe i had that pitmaster book too i thought i signed that one and gave it away to some lucky contestant uh all right uh so um i don't uh, i don't read books don't send me books i don't read them alaska i have an extensive list of top men and women in the barbecue community and i just reach out and ask questions that's what i do uh, but I understand that not everybody can do that so uh, since i can i do and i usurp the reading by talking to the best of the best. Uh, David, your take. By the way, limited time because we got on the NBBQL rant, and uh, there you go. Steve Ray, always That's a darling Steve of the guy. media. Yeah, Steve, no you doubt. owe me five minutes next segment. <laughs> next, next. Um, right. Uh, first off, Greg, you re- man, you do a great job reading those um, the the promos. I, you're just a wizard with words. You really are. Oh, wizard. Okay, I see you working. <laughs> That's a good callback. That's a good callback from the first hour. I like it. Yeah, I couldn't help it. Fifth string. So wizard. I was uh, I was cooking this weekend. Had a bunch of friends over, and they were watching me get. Uh, I did a brisket. 
Um, and then I also did some turkey breasts and they were watching me. I, I, I brined the turkey breasts and I injected the brisket and they were asking me, well, how do you know what to do when and which one of those to use? And I'm sure you visited this topic on the show before, but I thought it would be you know, just a good chance to get the other guys take on. There used to be kind of rules around it, but now talking to guys in competition, they're, they're injecting and brining things that probably would have done the opposite <coughs> technique on before. So, I've always thought that brining was more for adding moisture, doing things to lean cuts of meat like poultry, pork loins, things that don't have a lot of fat. You wanted to brine to add the moisture, and then the injection was to add the flavor deeper into the meat like a brisket, like a pork butt. Those things have enough fat. They're not going to dry out. But I've seen people inject chicken thighs. I've heard of people brining a pork butt, brining a brisket. Yep. Are there any rules anymore? Um, I know brining, although I love brining a turkey, I made a, a turkey on the smoker for Thanksgiving about five years ago, and I brined it, and uh, I've never not brined a turkey. It was by far the juiciest bird that I've ever made. And um, now you have a problem with getting the skin a little bit crispy if you do the brine on that versus mm -hmm. injecting, but I thought it was well worth it. I've never tried to brine a pork butt or a brisket but I know people are doing it. So I just kind of wanted to get the other guys' takes on what they think works best for what particular food they're cooking. Doug? Yeah, I don't brine. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't brine. Um, I will marinate some, you know, like fajitas or thinner pieces of meat and things like that. So, you know, maybe that's kind of the same, but, but that's really more, uh, not less salt. Uh, that that you're putting in, and maybe you're curing it a little bit with like you know pineapple juice or orange juice and things like that. So, but um, I do dry brine now. So like I I've started dry brining my beef ribs and even my steaks and things like that before I cook them. I'll dry brine it, but uh, wet brine is not something that I do now. I do inject a lot. I used to inject my ribs in competition, but I don't do that anymore. But um, I inject all the other meats, and in fact, even when I'm cooking a brisket at home. Uh, I was going to you know, cook one this weekend. I was going to try a new injection. So I do inject quite a bit. I inject my turkeys. But um, brining, is ju I just don't think it's worth the time, effort, and space because uh, it only penetrates the meat just a little bit. It just doesn't penetrate it that much. Steve, your thoughts? I'm not a briner. I'm an injector all the way. I think brine's a waste of time. It doesn't do anything. Yeah, I'm uh, certainly not a, a competition cook by any stretch, but when it comes just to the to the backyard, I don't uh, like Doug and um, probably Steve as well. It seems to take up a lot of space for and a lot of water and other ingredients. If you're going to go all crazy with it for a very little uh, change in flavor, a lot of people like to put syrup and liquor and all that stuff in. But uh, I think Meathead is pretty much dispelled. You know that myth of forego the brining and do some you know big salting and uh, let that go ahead and denature the meat versus this uh, whole brining thing. Although I think Stephen Reichlin is still a, a really big uh, briner of Thanksgiving turkeys, but that's you know more of the traditional side of him as well. But uh, I I do believe in injecting. I think that that uh, you can put flavor where it needs to go very quickly, and there's not a lot of hassle and all that other crap that you get with the brining. So um, you know take it or leave it for what it's worth. Uh, so we are eh, kind of like right out of time, but at least uh, here's, here's my, 
uh, take. And uh, David, you will get more time. Steve will get uh, less time as we go forward. We'll start with you and everybody else. Um, can I go around the panel and get a commitment that you guys are in for the hashtag cook my steak right movement of 2018 where you will show up at a restaurant where you would normally buy a steak and it does not have to be prime, although if you are so encouraged, please do so. And order the steak medium. Now I know we could be going against the grain totally. Daniel Vaughn kind of uh, chased me down a little bit by saying that 140 was stupid and that oh, I couldn't go into a steakhouse and order medium. And I said, well, you know, it's it's for field research. You're not doing it on personal preference. We're trying to do some field work here. I was a little unclear if he also committed to doing that i'm going with no but i figured i would ask you guys uh, so david let me start with you will you find a steakhouse before next month take a thermometer with you order medium and temp it and see where it's at yes sir i i give you my vow just send me your your address to where i can send the bill all right you have my email address yeah, yeah right right doug yeah, shiny in no texas uh, will you go to a steakhouse high medium or low order a medium steak and temp it right there Yes, I, uh, I will. In fact, I thought John Dawson was right on the money mm. in terms of te uh, temping things. So that's great. Now, what temperature are we declaring medium? Is that 140? Uh, what temperature are you declaring medium? Well, 140 I 140 seems high to me for medium. Right. Well, hold on a second. Let's go ahead. I would, and I would say medium is, is 140. Let's go and let's get the right number here, right? So uh, medium. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to know what, what number we're, we're right, trying so, to approach here. So uh, um, here we go. Science. USDA right. uh, says medium. That seems very high. Wow. Let me, let me, let me get one of my books. Well, <laughs> I have Meathead sticker up on, upstairs on my, uh, on my refrigerator, but I would have to leave to get it, and we're rapidly running out of time. Actually, Artie's books is 145 for medium. All right, yeah, I see uh, uh, somewhere here it says 150. So let's so let's shoot 145, uh, final cooked temperature for medium, and see and see what happens. So order the steak medium when it hits the table. Produce your weapon, and by weapon I mean thermometer. Stick it in there and see what temperature hey, it comes out at. And and again. You know, I'm really looking for more. I mean, if it's over, it's over. You know, send it back, get a new one. They'll they'll recook the whole thing. But I want to see if a if it's under and by how much. Like, I mean, I truly believe you could be getting steaks in the 120s, saying medium. So it, so it's not undercooked. Steve, is this something that you're willing to participate in? I will go one step further. I will ask for an exact temperature of 140, Greg, and when it oh. comes out, 135. I will send it back. Oh, well. And I, will, and I will eat a steak yikes. that's been rubbed under a chef's okay. armpit. Yeah. Just like you. <laughs> yeah, I would say. I think you're asking because for that's trouble. That's what they do. That's what, yeah, I know. Well, do they that's, have that's, beef in Tennessee? I, Steve, I thought it was pig. Are you going to get a pig steak? What's going on? Man, we got beef. We got everything in Tennessee, <laughs> buddy. All right. So now I would you say. Go down with a fat guy on a seesaw. <laughs> uh, Steve. What if the restaurant that you're at says that they do not use meat thermometers? I will raise up, raise hell and say, what? I've got one. Greg Rempe's got one. 
what the hell's wrong with you people? That's right. And then I'll escort it out of the Work restaurant. Every time. <laughs> All right. Well, good they'll news. They'll throw me the doggy bag with the steak rubbed under the cook's armpit. The three embedded <laughs> correspondents uh, say that they are in for the new hashtag cook my steak right movement, uh, which I appreciate. And then uh, so we'll circle back next month. Uh, that'll be the first thing we hit very briefly is uh, how accurate are the steaks. By the way, I commit to also doing it as well. So uh, we'll have four evaluations and uh, – uh, other than that, I will see you guys next month. Thanks for doing it, as always. There they are, the Thank embedded you, correspondents. All guests appear via the Trader Grills hotline. Yummy. Man, I am not hitting the right button. What happened? There we go. I'm going to pull that one down on accident. Anyway, uh, we're a little late here. That's fine. Stick with me. Let me get this read through, and then we'll tighten up the second hour, and we'll sign off. Attention anyone who loves sausage and barbecue. Let me tell you about Southside Market and Barbecue, okay? Established in 1882, Southside, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, and has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground in a natural pork casing, so good, so Central Texas. Not only is the beef sausage great, but so is their authentic Central Texas barbecued meats. All the meats, including the prime briskets, slow, 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 slow and low smoke for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later, include a custom gift note. Mail multiple addresses with no additional charges. How nice is that? All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness, ease of preparation for the customer. Ship with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders welcome as well. They got two restaurant locations if you're going to be around. In Elgin since 1882, of course, and then the Bastrop, Texas location since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the kicker. 10% off coupon code for anyone doing purchasing online when you use the code BBQ Central, one word. BBQ Central, one word for your 10% off any stuff you buy at the online southsidemarket.com. If you haven't tried the Slammers, the Sausage Slammers, Got to get that. If you haven't tried the beef sausage, man, talk about unique and authentic Central Texas. It's got to be the beef sausage. Southsidemarket.com. BBQ Central is the coupon code. 10% off the entire order online. Southsidemarket.com. All right, we're back to wrap the second hour and show. Stick around. Be right back. This is Chris Payne. From Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. The National Barbecue News, dedicated to all things barbecue. Their goal to introduce new people to the barbecue world while keeping the barbecue enthusiast and professional informed on all the current happenings in and around the barbecue nation. 
They obtain this goal by offering timely new stories, new product reviews, barbecue event calendars, and unique recipes inside their printed products, website, social media pages, and email newsletters. Subscribe now by visiting barbecuenews.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E, barbecuenews.com, barbecuenews.com. All right, thanks again to the panel for joining me. Doug Scheiding, David Huff, and Steve Ray. All the way back in the first hour, we spoke with Max Good from AmazingRibs.com, hitting some of the 2018 Pitmaster List Award winners. Then we moved on to Sam Hayes from Sam's Northwest Barbecue Company, talking about the line of Myron Mixon smokers and what he saw while he toured their facility a handful of weeks ago. In the second hour, the Embedded Correspondence segment, we talked about National Barbecue League. We talked about if competition barbecue is still growing or not. We talked about barbecue books and injecting and or brining. When do you do it? Hard and fast rules, all that stuff. And then, of course, they all committed to furthering the new effort of hashtag cook my steak right and the abomination of 2018's food agenda, which is undercooking of steaks on purpose to avoid throwout. Use a thermometer and cook it right, damn it. So we're going to be hitting up steakhouses across the United States here over the next three and four weeks and report back our findings. Again, if you want to take part, just go ahead and hashtag me, cook my steak right. Send me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Remember, extra credit points for those that are taking pictures of where the thermometer reads temperature-wise in the restaurant. That would be great. Big show planned for you next week, as always. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I say September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. I also say... Start the game! Let's go! And until we meet again, I say... Good night now!